back up a little bit here. It's never a bad thing. We're filling in. Filling in. So the scripture I'd like to share with you this morning, and we can look at together, is from the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 3, starting with verse 1 and going all the way to verse 13. You can follow along on the screen or you can just listen as I read it. This is the word of the Lord. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say... You shall not eat from any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I ate. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Friends, can you remember a time when you got in trouble as a child? Like when you were in big trouble and you knew it. Can you remember a time like that? (laughs) I'm seeing a lot of nods. Yeah. Maybe as an adult, if it's hard for you to remember as a child, maybe as an adult, what did that feel like? Maybe you're feeling it now. That feeling of, I'm in deep trouble. What was your response inwardly to the fear and to to the pain? to maybe the guilt and the shame that you felt, the guilt of of doing wrong. It might be hard to remember. It might be hard for us to remember those exact feelings. But most of us humans tend to hide when we feel this way. And if we're left to ourselves, we'll continue to hide. We actually double down on it. If we hide, we'll continue to hide if we feel that kind of shame and guilt, that fear that we're in big, big trouble, that we've done something wrong. I know that in our house, my kids, our kids, where's Gina? Our kids, <laughs> our kids hide when they get in trouble. They go up to their room and, 
And Peyton has a, a tall bed frame and she crawls underneath there and pulls a blanket on her and maybe cries or is just really upset. And Baylor will do a similar thing either in the closet or on her bed. She'll pull the, the covers over her. She'll, they'll just hide and they'll stay there. Now I'm guessing that's not what you do. <laughs> it's not what I do. <laughs> At least not most days. <laughs> but we do hide, friends. We hide in our guilt. We hide when we feel shame. We hide when we feel pain in our hearts or when we're afraid. We hide in other ways. We hide through perfectionism or through workaholism, through being in, invulnerable, or, or invulnerable, just impenetrable. We're just doing so well. We hide through self-medication with substances or technology. We hide sometimes literally through physical isolation. We hide through focusing on the behaviors of others more than on our own behavior. Yes, that's a way of hiding. We hide regularly from the pain and the shame, from the guilt or the fear that our sin makes us feel. You know this. You've felt this. Maybe starting when you were a small child and maybe just yesterday. <laughs> this, is a, this is a human condition kind of a situation. And so it turns out, that we're not really all that different from Adam and Eve, are we? Whom, uh, after they disobeyed God, suddenly became ashamed, suddenly became ashamed that not just for what they had done, but they became ashamed of who they were, of how God had made them. They made clothes, which God didn't, that's not what God uh, intended. I'm pretty glad for that today, by the way. <laughs> pretty thankful for that part. <laughs> They made clothes and, and changed God's intention for them and, and they hid. And most tragically, when they were in this place of shame and, and fear and wondering if they were going to be in trouble with God, uh, they started to blame each other. Adam said, well, it was her. She's the one. She's the one who made me do it. And then she turned around and said, well, it was the serpent. And yeah, there's some truth in that, right? That's the most tragic part is that they started to blame each other, which, again, is another way of hiding. <laughs> this, friends, is the human struggle. This is our response to our fears, our, our guilt, and our shame. It's to hide behind something. So I wanted to share with you today uh, how Brennan, author Brennan Manning, he describes this reality. This is the book Abba's Child, which is just a phenomenal book. Uh, that explores the depths of how we hide. Uh, he says this in the chapter that's literally called Come Out of Hiding. He says, And so, like runaway slaves, we either flee from our own reality or manufacture a false self which is mostly admirable, mildly prepossessing, and superficially happy. We hide what we know or, we, or feel ourselves to be, which we assume to be unacceptable and unlovable behind some kind of appearance which we hope will be more pleasing. We hide, we hide behind pretty faces which we put on for the benefit of our public. And in time, we may even come to forget that we are hiding and think that our assumed pretty face is what we really look like. But hear this, God loves who we really are, whether we like it or not. God calls us, as He did Adam, to come out of hiding. No amount of spiritual makeup can render us more presentable to Him. 
That's a powerful word. So we hide when we're confronted with our sin because it evokes shame and guilt and fear within us. And, and we don't like that part of us. I don't, maybe you like that part of you, but I definitely don't. When I feel those feelings and I notice that this behavior or this attitude or this posture of my heart is evoking shame and guilt and fear, I pretty much hate that part of me. We don't like that part of us. And, we, and then we start to assume tragically that God and others won't love us if they knew. If they knew that I was like that, if this was part of my life that maybe I'm not proud of, if they knew that I was like that, they definitely would not like me. They for sure wouldn't love me. And so we project those feelings onto God as well. That if, if God really saw this part of me, which we actually like to believe is true, <laughs> but if I actually like shared this with other people or confessed this to God and named it as a reality, would God actually love me or maybe I'd be punished? Maybe I need to, to hide instead. So our decision is to continue to hide. It's actually keeping us from the forgiveness and the healing and the reconciliation and the love that Jesus offers us every time that we come to Him. I'll repeat what uh, uh, Brendan Manning said. He said, God loves who we really are, whether we like it or not. God calls us, as He did Adam, to come out of hiding. To come out of hiding. So Lent, friends, is a time to come out of hiding. It's more than a time of, of self-help or self-improvement of, well, you know, I've been having a lot of sugar lately. Have, I think I'm going to get rid of that for six weeks. It's so much more than that, friends. It's so much more than saying, you know, I think I'm going to fast from... Facebook for six weeks. It's so much deeper than that. Lent is a time for us to come out of hiding, to be honest about our fears and our guilt, to be honest about the things that we're ashamed of or the pain and trauma in our heart, and to bring them to Christ so that we can receive the spiritual new life that Christ offers us. Offered through the death of our old self, which we identify throughout the season of, of Lent. What are these things that I'm clinging to that I think are the real me but are actually not the real me at all? To let those things die with Christ and to receive the resurrection of our new self with Christ, in Christ. That's what Lent is all about. So when Peyton and Baylor are upset and they go and they're hiding, I mean, it never fails that I could say, Come on out of there! <laughs> Get out of there! Or I could say, well, they're going to have to cry it out for a little while. You know, I could say, <laughs> sometimes I let them do that for a little while. But it never fails that every time, the, the way that they'll come out of hiding is if I go and sit just a little ways away from them, sit down on the floor, maybe look to kind of assess the situation, and I just tell them, you know, I, I just say, it's okay. And I affirm, I say, I, you know, it's okay, I, I love you. And I try to understand their feelings and maybe say, I, I get that that's not how you wanted it to go. <laughs> and I just sit there and try and have a welcoming posture. And eventually, eventually, they throw the blanket off and crawl right up into my lap. They come out of hiding. Because I came to them first. And they trust that I love them. And that I'll forgive them and that I won't punish them if they do that. Friends, our God comes to us 
Our God comes to us first in the garden and says, why, why are you hiding? Why are you afraid? Why are you hiding from Me? First in the garden and then through Christ who comes to us. And as a representation, we read of God, and the, uh, God coming to us like the Father of the prodigal Son meeting us as we return to God eager to wrap His arms around us and meet us in our shame in our pain and all the things that we think about ourselves, and begin the process of healing and reconciliation, of restoration. That's our God. That's the God that we worship. That's the God that we want more of during this season of Lent. But first, it's upon us to come out of hiding. So, so that's my prayer for us, that we could have the courage during this Lenten season to come out of hiding to be honest with ourselves about the sin in our lives. And to allow God to restore us to the people that He made us to be. Amen. We're not done. <laughs> Just had to say, we're not done. I've got some reflection questions for you here. And I'd like to give you some space to think about these. Think about these questions. What, what, are you, what are you currently hiding in your life? Maybe you're hiding it from you know, the people in your work or the people in the church here, but maybe you're hiding it from your spouse or you know, your parents. What are you hiding? Uh, some kind of behavior? Some kind of habit? Some kind of attitude towards other people? The second question is, how can you be honest about your fears and your shame and the guilt caused by sin so that you can come out of hiding? How can you be honest about that? What are some ways that you could step into that kind of honesty? A professor of mine with, in jest, he actually denied that, uh, he denied that he said this when I said, remember when you said... <laughs> He said, lie to anybody else, but never lie to yourself. Pretty good. Never lie to yourself. I mean, that's the part to remember. Because the truth is, if you don't lie to yourself, you're probably not going to lie to other people. Right? So you can leave the first part out. So what are you currently hiding in your life? And how can you step into honesty about your, about your fears and about your shame and your guilt caused by sin? We have to be honest about these things and, and name them if we want to receive the, the healing that Christ offers. So my suggestion would be, here's some practical application, is to journal, journal these things out first. Most of us don't like to confess. I think the Catholics actually have this part down pretty well. <laughs> you know, get it out. Confess it. Just name it. Put it bring it to the light. I've been doing this and some ways in my life lately, and it's, it's powerful. It does not feel good at all, but it's powerful when we can name those things in our life that we know we're, we're ashamed of or that is keeping us from, from being our true self. So first, journal it out. Or second, you know, maybe just incorporate it into your prayer life, which is hard because it, if we don't write it out or tell somebody else, it's easy to just let it 
just keep getting pushed, pushed back away. Maybe uh, have a time of confession with someone. Talk to somebody. A uh, trusted friend. You can meet with me. Anything that you share with me is confidential. 100%. Or talk with a therapist. Someone else that you just really trust that's not going to shame you or say, what were you thinking? They're not going to get up and leave, but that you can share these hard things and name them. Not so that you can continue to feel bad, but so that you can step into the new life that Christ offers. So I'm going to give you about uh, one minute of silence to either pray or to think about these questions again. And just let, let the Holy Spirit guide your consciousness to, to see what maybe you haven't seen, maybe not even till this point. What are you currently hiding in your life? And how can you be honest about those things? Jesus, You know us better than uh, we know ourselves. And yet, You continue to love us. You invite us to uh, name the sin in our lives and the ways that evil and temptation grip us. Uh, not so that we can uh, beat ourselves up or uh, feel punished, but so that we can walk into the, the abundance of life that You offer us to be our truest selves, to feel that freedom that comes with not having to hide something or not be one person with one group of people and another person with another group of people and a, another person when we're all by ourselves. God, help us to know that You come to us and affirm Your love for us and say, there's no need to hide. And You invite us to come and feel the warmth of Your embrace to be changed by You. To be comforted by You. And to step into the newness of life that You offer through dying to our old self with You and being resurrected into a new life with You, uh, Christ. So We pray for the courage to be honest, the clarity and wisdom that we need to see the steps before us that uh, we can take during this season of Lent. And Jesus, we pray in Your name. Amen. At this point, um, Gina's going to... I don't know if Gina was going to have a... Were you going to say some words before the video? Okay. First, okay, so we've got a video. Zach, you'll have to unplug the USB port. Uh, we've got a video 